calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. <laughs> extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish American Tornado and the real Princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back to Trend Lightly, everyone. It's me, Tiffany Scott Maddox, and with me, of course, my co-host, Molly McClear. Hey, Molly. Hey, babe. How are you? Feeling all right. Feeling good. I didn't have my bath today. I usually have a bath before I greet you, you and I didn't do it. No, I'm sorry. What did you do? I think I got FaceTimed, and it was in my bath time era. And and by the time the call was over, it was too late to get in a bath. And then I was like, maybe I could do it after, but I think it might be a bit too late. But was it a sexual I don't know. FaceTime? It was not. <laughs> it was not. I almost wish that she'd FaceTime me whilst I was in the bath, because then I would have had some company, because oh, sometimes yeah. baths do get boring. I get so bored in the bath now, which is crazy, because I would spend like four hours in the bath when I was a kid. Yes. Refilling yeah. that tub. TikTok's good for a bath, I think. It is good. It, I, and I also will watch like a long video, a video podcast in the bath. Mm -hmm. But like. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to our podcast in the bath. You do? You, you're brave enough to listen to our podcast? Very rarely. <laughs> Only if someone mentions something to me because like we've discussed this, but truthfully, I, we record and then. My mind is blank. I never, basically. I never have any idea when someone's like quoting me back to me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's funny or whatever. And then they're like, you said that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, how would I ever know that? Why would I know that what, what comes out of my mouth? But yeah, Tiff, uh, later on, I want to, I told you I have a little game for us. It's not so much a game. I think it might be a deep thought exercise. I haven't even looked at these cards but they're called so a collection of questions for deeper discussions so maybe we can like tag this on 
after a flimsy story. I love that. Yeah, that I think they're like like couples cards kind of thing. Like Billy and I used to do something similar, and I think we should probably do it again. But I would go on Ask Reddit, and I would find like the five juiciest Ask Reddit questions, and then we would ask each other them, and then I would read the responses in the thread as like a palate cleanser. Oh, that's lovely. I love the joy. That's really what a joy. We did on quarantinis a little bit. We used to play question cards on Please Advise. Like it was always like the easiest like interview device and so we would use them a lot but um they were like kind of like there was like they were kind of lame like so we had like a sec of like american themed ones we had like a like a dating and a sex one but like this most scandalous question it wasn't like would you try anal or something <laughs> which i would love to have asked the late food critic jonathan gold questions like that <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Like, I I don't know what I really want in terms of that kind of thing. But yeah, well, later on, Tiffany and I are going to get introspective. And I hope you guys, maybe that will, maybe that'll wind up on Patreon for my last (laughs) mental breakdown on this show. But yeah, wait, so have you seen that? I've been on TikTok all morning. Have you seen that they're canceling or not canceling, but everyone's like making fun of Jessica Simpson? (gasps) I know. Well, I think people are concerned. Like what I was seeing was like people were were kind of a little worried about her. May I maybe I always feel a little it's like faux concern because like with celebrities and we'll talk about about this this will be quite the theme today. With celebrities people tend to like kick up dust and then like but there's not a free Britney movement going on. And like in reality it let's say Jessica Simpson has fallen off the wagon because if you had ever read a book in your life, people. Um, the, the one to read is Open Book by Jessica Simpson. It's fantastic. It really is. It's it really so is good. brilliant. Like when she would she would find like Tony Romo would have like waterlogged like uh, like forty seven thousand dollar checks from the NFL like in his bathroom. <laughs> like she'd find them between like the magazines next to his toilet. But yeah, like I mean, and that's just a little fun fact. So. There was a lot of really great information in there, but her sobriety journey is one that I think she's she's very proud of, and so I feel mm-hmm. really bad when people say she's like fucked up because let's say she is on, you know, sometimes for part of people for getting sober is medication, and yeah. there's a possibility that she is on medication. There's a possibility that what what has always been true of her, which is she's not good with lines, and she doesn't have to be good at reading lines, but she's never been the most mm-hmm. natural at reading lines. It's so interesting you say that about sober people on medication because like often like drugs and alcohol abuse is for many people with like mental health issues like they will self-medicate and mask and then it's like only when you get sober that you realize that you can like medicate the thing that's been that's like at the root of what's what's causing it so I hadn't really thought about that but I I've got such a place in my heart and soul for her like I really do since open work I have to say I really do I'm I feel quite protective of her. Yeah, I think that ever since I rewatched Newlyweds like with eyes that were older than like 21 years old, like I realized how toxic that relationship was for her and how we basically mm. like even when the show started it started with Nick just being like over her shit. Yeah, And besides like the obvious, I would say that the reunion of Nick and Jessica was one of the worst things to come of 9-11. <laughs> I didn't know that that was uh, the source of 
<laughs> the source of their reunion. Yes, I didn't know that was all. Broke, yeah. Yes, they had broken up and were after being like, you know, the hot little teeny bopper couple for many years. And he called her from an airport on September 11th after they'd been broken up for like a while. And Jessica was like, you know, really devastated. And he said, like, I don't want to live the rest of my life without you. And so they got back together and got engaged very, very quickly. And the rumor, you know, has always been that, like, he just really wanted to, like, sleep with her. Because mm-hmm. she was one of those, you know, she was one of those virgins. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have been able to listen to this podcast, so. <laughs> do we not allow virgins? Oh, no, we don't. No, I mean, we do allow virgins. But, like, okay. spiritual virgins, no. But, like, if, you're, if you've right. got a loose soul, you're welcome here. Okay, so leave Jessica Simpson alone. That's the first news item. Okay, secondly, I laughed out loud, Tiffany, when I you had updated the Trend Lightly doc that we use to include <laughs> a Reddit post that I found this week. Do you want to read this Reddit post that I posted to my Twitter? <laughs> it's like, the it's, I think it has to be the best find of the week. It is on the Try Guys subreddit, and the the headline is, The Try Guys is no longer a group of four specific men. Try guys is a feat. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It says the latest Try Guy video has Keith bring. I guess that's being has Keith being like featuring the Try Guys at least for today and that cheeky grin. Since it's Zach, Quezzy, and MJ, that tells me that the Try Guys is no longer the four specific men. Zach, Eugene, Keith, and Ned. The Try Guys are the feeling of trying. (laughs) The concept of four or three spots of a group just trying something. Anyone can be a Try Guy. I'm a Try Guy. You're a Try Guy. We're all Try Guys in this beautiful new era. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I mean, they invented, I mean, first of all, shout out for giving global awareness to cheating no, that they did they did they, like, <laughs> they global awareness to cheating i mean like i'm telling you the try guys reddit sub is a fucking gift to me as someone who just i don't want to like make fun of anyone but if i'm gonna make fun of anyone it's gonna be at least three white men and i'm gonna leave eugene out of it just because he doesn't even he's too good to even be there but they can't afford mm-hmm. to lose another try guy at this what if like the reason why eugene was so pissed in that video because everyone was like saying like eugene's dad was a cheater and so eugene's really internalizing maybe eugene was just really ready to quit try guys and he's like and now i'm fucking stuck here with these dorks (laughs) he's ready to go solo yeah yeah i like if if i'm gonna like get a little like giggle out of anything the the people this is like very green brothers to me where it's like it it's Mm -hmm. it hones in on a specific brand of white man i've felt the most oppressed by my entire like i'd rather fuck with some maga people than like Guys like the Try Guys, and I, I'm sure they're lovely, but like this is this type of like you know liberal arts man is very triggering to me. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, <laughs> call the police. We're all Try Guys. That's brilliant. What a find! Thank you for finding that. So this is some bad news about our girl. Yeah, this is a real bummer actually and shout out like a couple of people had actually dm'd this to me and i'm glad that we still are a safe space for those people who 
fucking hate Johnny Depp. <laughs> right? I'm glad that we can still be that for you. But Rihanna's she she's having Johnny Depp be in the Savage Fenty fashion show. I know. And like the screenshots of him came out already. Did you see that? Oh, no. Well, like him in underwear? No, I don't think he's going to be in underwear. I think he's going to be like, and if I recall correctly, because I didn't watch the first one, I just saw like a lot of clips of it, which feels like watching things these days. But she, which I did not Mm -hmm. do with the trial before you fucking assholes start asking. I watched the whole trial. I did not watch the Fenty fashion show last year. But I think sometimes she just pans to like iconic people Mm, who are not necessarily in lingerie. And I think that, Honestly, like I, I have I'm having a hard time telling if she's just cashing in on his popularity or if the Johnny Depp stands are saying like, well, it's because she was abused and she's recognizing another abuse victim. And I'm like, no, she like forgives Chris Brown. Like, so I don't think that's yeah. really it. It has to be because he's so like popular, right? Like she's just she's using those sucker fish the same way that Johnny does. Yeah. Yeah, like MTV did with that stupid fucking hologram. Just feels really opportunistic and quite misguided. I see. Here's one thing that about that MTV thing about how it wasn't even no one in the audience saw that. That was like superimposed after the fact. And so but I I think one thing that people don't understand is that Hollywood, despite the Instagram likes, I think Hollywood really does not fuck with Johnny Depp. No. I don't think so either. And they're just afraid to stand up for Amber Heard. Yeah, quite. I think that like there's a difference, I think, between supporting Johnny Depp and vocally, uh, like, yeah, supporting her in public. <sighs> he looks very odd at the moment as well. And I think I was reading somewhere that like, it's entirely possible that his te- the team around him just got him just about sober for trial, got him a spray tan and got him to wash his hair occasionally. Right. But now, I mean, he looks so he looks so pallid and really waxy and he shaved off his little kind of pervert stash. And he, do, he kind of looks like a little old lady. Yeah, he's very unfortunate. And have we talked about how he was the, the woman who wrote and directed and is starring in the film that hired him? Like, apparently the, the set is a disaster because like, she and Johnny do not get along at all. And it's like a real battle of battle of the egos. Like, I don't think she's like this Italian version or French version of Lena Dunham. Exactly. Like, I think that she probably is like a narcissist who like <laughs> literally cast herself in her own movie. And then is like surprised when you hire someone who's so notoriously toxic and fucks up sets mm-hmm. to come in. Like, she's just a little, like a little like over it. Like almost like she expected she'd be treated differently. Mm. That was just something I saw going around. But I started blocking Johnny Depp fans this week. And I'm, I've never really been a blocker. Does it feel good? Yeah, it feels really good. Like I never got the <laughs> hype around blocking. I always thought it was like embarrassing to block people because it's like, mm. it. I don't know. Like I kind of feel like part of being online is like sucking it up. And I know that that's such bad business on my end to be like, suck it up. You know what I mean? Because why should you? But yeah, I just, I, I kind of am like, I think that I'm just going to be like, muting feels pussy to me. Cause it's like, just do, just unfollow. But the block feels really good. Like if I see someone with that pirate flag in their 
bio or like in their name, I'm unfollowing or I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> not unfollowing, I'm blocking. Like I, yeah. I also like kind of like, I have a list of people that have been asked to like do things. Like I've been asked to like go on their podcast or whatever. And I've said no, because I do not want to associate with them because I know that they like monetize the depth situation. Right. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to be, I just don't, yeah. Cause like, then you're just desperado. And why do I want to like, I'll be desperado with like ads, truthfully. Like, I'm like, I'll like, <laughs> I'll like let a like nicotine patches for babies. That's like what I always think of. Like, I will advertise <laughs> nicotine patches for babies, but like, I'm not going to talk to a Johnny Depp supporter. Like, <laughs> that's just it. That's exactly where my morals land. <laughs> Yeah. Also, if you've ever seen a child smoking a cigarette, it is adorable. It's very sweet. Yeah. You know what? It's very European and I don't care. Yeah. Get them hooked early. That's what I always say. (laughs) Okay, guys. Sorry. My mic was not on. So you were just hearing me raw dog my computer speakers. If I sound a little bit better now, that's hopefully why. You sound glorious. Sorry to Jean Marie. She puts up with a lot, very truthfully. I mean, she is uh she is kind of the hero of the pod. So but yeah. you're a big Rihanna fan. Mm, not so much. I thought you were. I thought that Rihanna was like one of your queens. Like I know Beyonce is no. one too. Oh, see, yeah, I always Beyonce loved definitely. Rihanna, but I gave up on her releasing music a very long time ago. Mm. I think I admire her. I like I like Fenty. There are elements of that makeup that I really love. And I really admire her sort of business acumen. And I really wanted good things for her. But I like, I do love a Rihanna tune, but like, I wouldn't get like super excited about a new release. I mean, did you hear that song that she's just done? No, I didn't listen. Oh, it's, uh, it's very ballady. I know it's for a movie and it's not really, um, I don't know. I don't know if it counts, but it's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's not great, though. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't expect it would be. And I I knew that there had to be a reason why she was doing the Super Bowl. I guess that makes sense. You know, she has to have something new. It seems so random, yeah. honestly. Yeah, totally. I never thought we would get an out. Well, yeah, I thought she might have been done for quite some time. So it's a bit of a surprise, but it's, yeah, it's fine. I hope that she does a nice little medley of her greatest hits, which she will do at the Super Bowl, and it'll be great, and it'll be fun, but are we cancelling her a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm just disappointed. I I, I, I own a one Fenty lip gloss. I ordered, like, a bra, I think, from Savage Fenty before... But, like, there are underwears for teenagers Mm -hmm. who are just trying to feel something. Like, Mm -hmm. it's really, like, not adult. It's not for adult women. So, like, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just, like, keep this bra because I do have no tits. So, this does work (laughs) for me in that sense. But, like, generally, no. It's, like, kind of a nothing burger for me. So, I I really don't, like, you know, I'm I'm still going to listen to, you know, work or umbrella becomes mm. on i'll always listen to umbrella but like yeah. yeah i'm disappointed yeah me too me too i mean yeah I, I kind of had always thought that she i don't know she was such a good and vocal spokesperson for domestic violence and she'd had such a fucking rotten time with chris brown 
that he wasn't a good I had hope for better for domestic violence. She was she went on Oprah and for like a year later and said she forgave him because like that was his upbringing. I don't know that she, what I don't know what she's oh. done for domestic violence, but like she actually like kind of really famously forgave Chris Brown. Oh, I didn't know about the forgiving. I remember seeing like some sort of maybe it was with Katie Couric like soon afterwards and she was like she's pretty great and articulate about about around the like why didn't you leave question which was always a very deeply offensive question to ask someone who's had a huge amount of violence but yeah I didn't know about the forgiving him thing oh god gross okay she was very young and it was like very it was she was very young and she was very fresh off the abuse and I think that the dialogue societally speaking was very different than it is now so I, I kind of like don't bl- like at the time I think I even was like yeah I'd probably like forgive someone too but like I also was into very toxic relationships at that time so yeah like I used to think it was like cute when a guy was like mean to me little I mean I'd never had the shit beaten out of me though I am very haunted by her hospital pictures her the pictures that horrific they- yeah, it's like one of the things that whenever I I can't listen to Chris Brown, that's who I'm really boycotting. Yes, yeah, he's fucking awful, and yeah. he keeps doing it as well. Fuck him. Okay, so Bella Porch. Let's just start. Speaking of someone I've never been disappointed by, so Bella Porch <laughs> is someone from TikTok who's basically just like a girl who has the most. She has the most liked TikTok video of all time. For mm-hmm. her. it's just her like bouncing her head and like making little faces but it's like kind of a perfect video and the, the m to the b like, one yeah <laughs> m to the b m to the b yeah that one <laughs> and so she's just like you know she's adorable in it but that said she just filed for divorce and we had the public at large had no idea that she was married no she kept that one a secret and did you ever see her on H3? I've seen clips of it. Yeah, I've seen clips of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I can be honest with you, I know so little about her. I know more about Addison and the D'Amelios. I would say that the, in the the holy trinity of like TikTok founding mothers, <laughs> they would be the the three. But I Bella's the one I know the least about. Apart from, I know that she has immigrant parents. I think... I found her quite endearing on the clips that I saw of it on the H3 podcast, but I don't really know much beyond that. Yeah. So, I mean, she, I mean, I thought her H3 podcast was fantastic. She's a genuine fan of the show and like she had never done an interview like that before. And, you know, she basically was in a really abusive situation where she, her, her parents actually, so her dad's like, just like, I think she got this stepdad who was like an older guy who was a veteran who moved to and I really I'm so sorry because I can't remember but like the the country that Bella was born in and married like a native woman there like a woman who was like mm-hmm. you know local and basically was like very abusive to Bella and her siblings and so Bella somehow came to America I forget and joined the navy mm-hmm. and she basically like was just hanging out with guys like in the Navy. Like she's also insanely tatted up, which I think no one knew for a long time. But like, I'm kind of yeah. not surprised that she's married. So now that I think about it, it kind of makes total sense because like the way that she would talk about sort of just being surrounded by guys all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And how she like had this like she kept talking about a friend or something. And maybe now I'm thinking that's probably her husband. Huh. She was ve- it was a very like I was kind of like when I heard her story, I was like, I better never hear anyone. It was like Jessica Simpson. I was like, I better never hear someone say a bad word about this girl again. <laughs> I mean, she did do that song, the Build a Bitch. Was that her? Yeah. Yeah. She's had a couple songs now. I think she's had like she had a pretty like decent, decent launch to her music career. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And she's worked for everything she has. Yeah. I wonder why she kept the marriage a secret. Maybe it's just like keeping something keeping something for yourself when you're just kind of living online. It could be a variety of things. Like I think that she's very like secretive from her family, but I think that also like it's never great to be God, there was a streamer not that long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't cover <gasps> yeah. it who it turned out that not only was she secretly married, but she was being like financially abused by this husband and he was forcing her to like be on stream for X amount of hours a week. And he basically like drained their bank account and put it into crypto so that she would never have access to their funds. And like, you know, I mean, he it was like, you know, I'm leaving you $1 million and that's it. Like everything else I'm draining it into like crypto. So you'll never see it again. He like controlled everything she did. He had her doing like hot tub, hot tub live streams, which is basically like when a girl in a bikini is like playing a video game. And, like, was threatening to kill her dogs, you know? Like, so yeah. sometimes I think that, like, there's more of, like, the Andrew Tate thing I don't think is, like, an is so much of an exception as much as it is, like, a low-key element of a lot of maybe these, like, sexy girls we see online. And I don't know oh, that her husband totally. did all that, but, like, yeah. I totally believe that. It's, like, the this generation's, like, Linda Lovelace in many ways. Like, there are probably scores of young women who are being financially exploited in front of our very eyes by opportunistic partners of course of course and that's always been uh are you familiar with the youtuber like sniper wolf i think her name is Mm-mm. she's hugely successful with kids and i guess she's pretty po- problematic too but she has this like husband she doesn't acknowledge as her husband and she like you know, she's kind of like one of those like hot gamer girls. And it does make more sense in some ways, like for a variety of reasons to like keep someone completely off your social media, especially if you're like a woman is like it does, especially a woman who like sort of markets your attractiveness. Like it always appears better to be like it always, you know, it's just better to be single. The availability, even though it's like you won't you don't have a chance, but it's like (laughs) it's the illusion of availability. Exactly. And like, there have been like years where I've been like a re- in a relationship and like no one knew because I never mentioned it. And like, it does like create a little bit more of like, you know, a create. Well, it's like, yeah, again, it's two prong. You know what I mean? Because like, one, you don't want like. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. 
And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You don't want anyone like asking questions or and you certainly don't want there's another element to it of like people trying to like fuck your man because they know that that's yes. your guy. And which yeah. is like, you know, sort of like an underrated thing that like, like, honestly, even I'm surprised by is like that sort of thing where it's like there. But there are people that like want to sleep with someone because you're sleeping with them. But then, yeah, like the other element of just like. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes you it makes you more of an every person. That's why I think I Justine has always been very interesting in how she managed her brand. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of longevity, that one. She has crazy longevity. I am hitting a bowl, just so people know. It's very mild. <laughs> it's very like I just in case you guys continue to hear the lighter, like it's not anything but uh, a little. Let me let me tell you what strain it is. Everyday drugs is what it's called, which is not. <laughs> no, it isn't. Is it really? It's literally the brand is everyday drug. <laughs> Cannabis flower hybrid. Yeah. So they didn't even give me a name here, but I'm sure it's called like Ookie Cookie or something like it's probably something fucking gross. <laughs> but yeah, so but I, I've always thought it was like, you know, it's very rare these days to see like an online personality who doesn't give a little bit of, of the 360 of their life. Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and bella also never another thing that people started to notice about her was that she always films in hotel rooms and i think that that could have possibly been part of like hiding her marriage was to make sure that there was like no personal like things that could be attributed to someone beside her yes and and also like not having a consistent background and like identifiable location i think when you have that sudden influx of fame is very smart i think we'll probably will see more people pulling back like really truly i know there's been like the rise in raw authenticity which is like you know (laughs) right showing a little you know having your life not feel so curated and being very sort of like come along with me what's the name that's um that aussie girl on tiktok who's really really good who does like very good day in the life kind of videos anyway but I do feel like I think we'll we'll see more people pulling back. And I, I've noticed it actually even within my, just like my small kind of like social feed circle that people I know just as friends what like are no longer posting pictures of their children and their children's faces and like, you know, just being more aware generally about 
what you're posting and like I don't know what you're throwing out forever onto the internet yeah I know I think we, we all just need to take a little fucking step back and log off maybe <laughs> for well, a there's sec been, it, there's a huge shift I think and we see this a lot with mom uncharted who we did a bonus with not that long ago but like you know one thing that has been like pretty like a sort of like app wide thing that's accepted outside of the people that actually did it was like apparently and I didn't see any of these videos but people were like putting out a bowl of candy in front of their ring camera and like like uploading funny videos of kids who were trying to steal the whole bowl and like basically like like you know yelling at them through the ring and like basically just people being like that's fucking creepy like kids have no impulse control you put out a bowl of candy like Mm -hmm. it's halloween like on top of that, like, I'm just going to say people keep calling it stealing, but like, it's literally not stealing when someone puts a bowl of candy on their on Halloween night. And yes, if some kid is has is poor, like ill mannered and steals the whole thing, that's un- or takes the whole thing. That's unfortunate, but it's not stealing. No, you've left it out there. If they're going to be, you know, opportunistic, that's on you. It's no different than someone coming out and like stripping the couch you put on the on the sidewalk. It's like, wow, I really wish you had taken the whole couch. But like, you know, that is part of the that's part of the rule, I guess. So yeah, I don't know. But I agree with you. I saw Victoria. Do you know Victoria Paris? I don't know. I don't really follow her because I think she's like a 25 year old influencer in New York. But I know she's like much talked about, and she's like a verified person. I think she started doing out what I what I do in days and she posted a video where she was like she, it looked like she can't like came out of honestly battle I think she was just on like Sunday morning type shit but it looked like she'd come out of bottle and she was like man like beefing with someone online is not for the faint of heart like Mm-mm. and it seemed like she had really scaled back like the type of content that she was like making basically mm-hmm. I think that like yeah, even the people who like got big for really putting themselves out there at the beginning are finding new ways to interact. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I got I got slammed for apparently someone thinks Swifties are a protected class on Twitter <laughs> today and I got a video taken down for bullying and harassment. They did put it back up, but I was a little I was a little confused, I'll be honest with you, because they didn't say anything bad. Someone was like, "You're not like you shouldn't compare Taylor Swift to Jessica Simpson. And I was like, I'm literally not. Also, like, I suck Taylor Swift's ass 24-7. <laughs> and also, I mean, it's not a hate crime, even if you did compare the two. I mean, there are worse things to say on the internet. Well, I basically just said, like, you know, if we want to, like, stone John Mayer in town square every time Taylor Swift writes a lyric that's, like, reminiscent... Like, we should definitely be giving Jessica Simpson a break because Taylor Swift would be in a fucking mental hospital if, like, he did to her what, you know, what mm-hmm. he did to Jessica. Like, that was really fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, that, this book is very good, you guys. You have to read it. Take it. Get the audible. Does she read it? Yeah. Ugh. And she has a little bit of a slur. Like, I just think she has always had that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like probably a speech impediment. I don't know. Leave her alone. Justice for her. Justice for Jess. How'd you find out about Aaron Carter? Where were you? Oh, I was lying on the couch 
and uh, a friend of mine just texted me and they just said fuck Aaron Carter and I was like oh I know exactly what that means oh really yeah yeah Yeah. where were you I was in an uber and I heard it on the radio like a like the 90s do you know what I mean like it's like was very Mm -hmm. strange because like normally I would find something like that out from Twitter but it was like Yes, like, welcome back to Coast 93, like, or, you know, like, it was like, the sad, very sad news this morning, Aaron Carter has died, age, at age 34, and I was like, what? And then I opened up Twitter, and sure enough, it was, like, the number one, like, yeah. thing, and I don't know, like, I feel, I really, I've said on this podcast before, I think I could fix Aaron Carter, and now now we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. I can't believe he was 34. It is quite something when celebrities around about your age or younger start dying. Uh, it is sad. That is and kind of is miserable. Sad. Yeah. I mean, this feels like it's been coming for a long time. I guess people were saying on TikTok that like uh, he got a like wellness inspection or something like a wellness check when uh, he w- he was on TikTok live and I guess people heard him huffing and he was very addicted to he was very addicted to huffing for a while and yeah. I remember god he was on this show called Life or Debt and it's where like this like celebrity like you know financial interventionist comes in and says like you know, you're missing all this money. Like, you know, what is X amount of money? Like, so he was missing $60,000 a year and just like cash spending. Mm-hmm. And the guy like took him into a room full of $60,000 and $1 bills and was like, this is what you're wasting a year. And Aaron's like, I really can't think about like what it's going to. And then like later on, it came out that unfortunately he and his like friend is enabler we're like driving around buying like cans of computer cleaner all day jesus yeah and that's a tough one dude yeah i'd never seen him on a tiktok live i guess because we're just not i'm not on that schedule but did he used to go live quite a lot dude girl yes like there was never a point where aaron carter is going live like wasn't coming up on your Instagram notifications if you chose to have that notification like it was like he was constantly live on Instagram and he did a rash of like in the middle of like when he really started that I guess I would say like the like middle of the beginning he started to do he did an episode of impulsive he was on no jumper a few times his most recent interview I linked to in the in the show notes so if you want to go check that out it is like on no jumper which like you know i don't necessarily support that channel but it's it was done i think according to adam 22 who runs no jumper i guess that it was recorded about three weeks ago or something it was just posted four days ago but yeah yeah you know i mean listen it was a great aaron carter really had like there were some things about him that were really endearing I would say uh, like yeah. he would just like make these like sort of like very little brother comments where like the very beginning of the episode, Aaron's like, hey, like I want to play my song for you. And Adam 22 is like, you can't do that because YouTube's going to like copyright strike it. And Aaron's like, no, but it's my song. And he's like, 
can't do it, dude. So Aaron's like, well, it's okay, because I actually didn't want to show it. I didn't want to play it for you anyway. And like, he's being like, serious. <laughs> and later on, like Adam 22 pulls like a total like psych on him. And he was like, oh, I was like excited, man. Why'd you lie to me? And like, it was just a very like little brother sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, for all of his complications, like I do feel bad. That kid had his childhood like robbed from him. And yes, yeah. It's very weird also how quickly, like, when Aaron Carter passes, like, the Michael Jackson fans come out and are like, he was the only one. Like, his mom, like, set him up. And I guess, like, he tells a story on, like, Vlad TV about how Michael Jackson and him, like, would smoke weed or something. And then one day he came home to the hotel room that he and his mom were staying in and a bunch of FBI were there. And they were, like, basically trying to get him to say that Michael had done something to him. And, you know, that was also very common of Aaron. was, like, tall tales a little bit toward the end of his life. And so it's a little bit hard to, like, suss out the truth of, of what's there. But I think we can all agree that, like, he got, like, you know, his parents really fucked him over. Yeah, absolutely. There was something else. Oh, do you think Hillary Clinton killed him? Oh, yeah. So I posted to our... This is my favorite about people, okay? Like, I... This is my favorite. So I was, like, definitely cruising the Aaron Carter search yesterday on Twitter. And this guy called... I think it's, like, That's Your Cognitive Dissonance or something is his, like... Is his, like, you know, Twitter name. But it says, there's been so... Okay, so Aaron Carter is dead at 34. It's the TMZ post and then quote tweeted and he wrote there has been so much senseless death and lives ruined in the u.s over a widespread problem that's been fully known for decades yet government officials do nothing ask the next politician you see what evidence did aaron carter have that could have put at hillary clinton in prison And, like, I kind of love it because, like, Aaron Carter was so, like, you know, just wasn't a credible witness for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But then, like, the idea that it has to come back to, like, how do we, how do we take down Hillary Clinton? (laughs) It's so abstract. (laughs) Why would Aaron Carter be on the, like, Clinton kill list? The infamous Clinton kill list. I know. It's like, what's more likely? Someone who's battled with addiction for the longest time has unfortunately very sadly succumbed to it. Or is he on Hillary Clinton's kill list? (laughs) He did give me one of my favorite moments, like one of my really good like laughing with a girlfriend at TV moments in the last couple of years, which was when Nicole, Matthew, and I went to Charlotte and we watched a show called A Celebrity or like like Marriage Therapy Families Edition. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Carter, like each person had celebrity had to go up to a box and like pull out an item that represented <laughs> represent represented their um their struggle with their their relative. And so Aaron goes up there and pulls out a figurine of a cow that is camouflaged in dollar bills. 
And the host of the show goes, cash cow. And he was like, do you feel like a cash cow to your family? And he and he's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And Aaron goes, it means I provide milk to my family. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of it's uh, it's such like it's because it's so vulnerable and he's being dead serious. But it's also just the like. It's so literal and like it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So if you guys want a really good laugh, yeah, I have that <laughs> clip up somewhere. Maybe Jean Marie has that in her arsenal and can put it into the show. Cash cow. What does that mean to you? That I supplied milk to my family and put food on the table and stuff like that. Okay, do you want to do a question? Yes, I would love to. Is it? Yes, yeah. Let's do that. Pull one. Okay, what's the first thing people might find annoying if they spent an entire week with you? <laughs> the first thing? That's a really interesting question because I feel like I am, I'm basically very solitary. And so I would... I would not spend an entire week with anyone that wasn't my husband, honestly. Right. Because I think that everything that everybody else does is annoying to me. I think yeah. it's because it's I'm an only child who lives alone. I mean, you get it. You get it. Other people are annoying. But I also understand that I must be very annoying on many levels also. Oh, yeah. But I, I it's, it's hard because I really do try to like keep to myself even in company like I try to be an excellent travel companion I try to not be irritating I guess oh I think I have a very annoying laugh I don't think you have an annoying (laughs) laugh at all no I don't think you I I think you have a great laugh I think you have a great laugh I mean like can I make it okay so I think that like I have the same diagnosis of myself when it comes to like Mm -hmm. I like both alone time and I also like when I want to hang out, I really want to hang out. But then like I also like alone time. I think that it would be either my secondhand anxiety or mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of what could read as moodiness and waking up grumpy. Uh-huh. I th- feel like that can be oppressive. And I wonder if that's part of my only child, maybe a little bit where it's like I, I really want to be a good travel companion. And but I and I also know that like sometimes being socially overextended is my weak point. Mm-hmm. So I think that like maybe it's a little bit of like me trying to manage myself so hard that I'm a little annoying. Like, is that maybe a, I don't know if I'm like a, diagnosing a completely different feeling, but I think that it's like I think I can be like a little neurotic. Right. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't mean, I'm not like, oh yeah, I could see that for you. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm processing because I feel that we're probably similar in that, in that way. I can, I think I can be a little, I think I can be a little moody too. And I think it just comes from like social burnout yeah. and maybe a little, I can be a little negative just because I'm just, I, I desperately want to retreat for some alone time. But then I've had like very long and extensive therapy <laughs> around not being able to identify or realize my own feelings because I'm so conscious of other people's needs being met that I think I would, I would like, (laughs) 
I would like die if <laughs> if anybody like I think I was filling the gaps like if I'm with someone who's extra anxious then I overcompensate by being extra chill and making sure everybody feels okay. yeah okay yeah 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 so I think like I think that could maybe be annoying as well like just sometimes I will like shrink myself in like high anxiety situations with people and almost become a little bit invisible and a little bit lost which is also quite frustrating when like you want to engage with someone and they're just not present it's so funny you say shrink because i i talk about that like to my doctors a lot (laughs) like i'm like (laughs) i think that i like literally like i'm so comfortable which i think would surprise people about both of us I am so comfortable reverting to a place of just like borderline, like, so, like just I'm invisible mm-hmm. almost like just I'll be dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to say a word. And like, that's also a thing, too. I think social burnout, I get very quiet. Yeah. At a certain time. And that's, I think, hard for people who are natural, like type A or extroverts. Yes, absolutely. I think like. I can definitely turn it on when it needs to be turned on and I like I know sometimes when like there's a requirement of me in a in a social situation where I know I have to be like funny and charismatic and like I have to be engaged with people and I have to actively listen and I say I have to I enjoy it but like there is a limit to it it's not something that like always comes super naturally to me it's something that like I can do I can enjoy and then I'm like I need to not do that again for a bit actually yeah but it's fine but it, it does like there's a there if you become if people expect that from you then they sometimes rely on that element or that energy to be brought and sometimes you don't really want to bring that energy I remember I did a um like in a like a kind of corporate away day kind of thing for one of my clients and I was <laughs> I was the sun from which everything revolved around because I'd, I'd put together the kind of agenda and was was walking everyone through it and trying to keep the trying to keep the like wheels on the day and everyone was like oh this is like the this is so great like we've never had a retreat like this like we feel really we feel really good and I remember like at the end of the first day I went and sat alone at the kitchen table in silence <laughs> and, and so like and somebody came out and they were like is everything okay and I was like mm-hmm, everything's great I just like I just I just need a little me time <laughs> before yeah. I go back in <laughs> well I love to like disassociate like sometimes yes. after a full-blown weekend like I literally could just like if someone's like what'd you do today I'm like kind of like stare at the wall like, I think I, I like, I really don't know what I did. I think I like checked my phone and I think I, you know, I didn't check email, but like, I mostly just stared at the wall, like kind of just like, you can, I can do that for like hours sometimes after a really heavy, like social, what feels like a social bath, honestly. <laughs> It's yeah. like all consuming. I did wait, so I did get a steak because I haven't had a steak after one of our shows in a while. You know I like my Sunday steak, but I did get you one do. today at Trader Joe's. Oh, that's great. What a treat. So things are that uh, are coming up malls. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and that's gonna be my Sunday night thing. I have to go clean my whole fucking house because my I have someone coming to like meet the cats tomorrow because I need a cat sitter for when when I'm gone. And so I just was like, okay, like I like I'm going to 
get this lady to do it. And then I realized you have to clean your whole fucking house or she's going to think you're mentally ill. So I'm (laughs) doing that. And then I'm going to eat. I'm going to earn my steak. So, babe. (laughs) So what do you know about Selena Gomez and her kidney? (laughs) I know. And and this, I only learned this today that a friend of hers gave her one. Yeah, so I think that like this girl, Francia, I I think you would say her last name, Risa, she was on Disney Channel at the same time as Selena, but they were on different shows and they became friends very young. And like, I guess she was one of the few that sort of like survived her Disney Channel incubation, right? Like, you know, she's not friends with Demi or Miley or any of those. Well, she was never friends with Miley, but she's not friends with those people anymore. So... She has this documentary that came out. I I haven't watched it, but I kind of really want to. Seems like really raw. And she talks about how at one point how she has like sort of only friends that are real, like real people that aren't in Hollywood. And she goes, I never fit in with the cool group of girls that were celebrities. My only friend in the industry really is Taylor. Talking about Taylor Swift. So the deal with like Francia is that she gave Selena a kidney when she needed it because her lupus was so bad. Oh. And I think part of the, like, it's also like, you know, Selena's kidney thing, I think, is a big deal. Like, she's on, she was diagnosed with bipolar after going into, like, a stage of psychosis for a while. She was diagnosed with bipolar and, like, she has to be on very specific medication where she can't have a a child because of you know, the, the whatever medication she's on, which is interesting. Like, her body can only metabolize so much, right? Oh, wow. And there's been kidney drama over the years where Selena, like, you know, still drinks and, like, you know, has been seen smoking cigarettes. And, like, a lot of people think that's disrespectful because her friend gave her a kidney. She's, like, drinking <laughs> yes. on her new kidney. <laughs> Is Dawn Dorland going to get involved? <laughs> and then also, I know, well, we have to get Dawn in the mix. Oh, my God. Maybe we could, like, I don't know if Dawn's out of, like, mediation with what's-her-face yet, Sonia. Sonia but yeah. as soon as she's out, we should, like, get her to chime in on this. So, <laughs> basically, like, Francia gave her this kidney, and there was a, I found out some more background on it, which was that she had done an interview saying, like, a couple like years after the transplant had happened that, you know, she said that she found out that she was a match for Selena in a, in a weird way, because you would normally find that out from the doctor personally. So then you could then make the decision you want to make. Typically that would be disclosed to the like a uh, match first, mm-hmm. but it was Selena who called her and said like, Hey, you're a match. And oh, she called her social worker because I think when you're doing a, a paired donation versus like a blind donation, sort of like the way that Don did and where it went to a stranger. And when you're doing a paired donation, you have a social worker that deals like with the whole thing to, I mean, amongst many other things to like make sure someone's not being paid for like an organ, but also to like facilitate any sort of safety that needs to happen. And so Mm -hmm. she called the social worker and the social worker basically said, like, just so you know, this whole thing is going to be a lot harder on you. And that's going to be really normal because 
her body is getting something she needs and you're losing something that like that an organ that you had. Right. And so she went through a lot. So when she reads on E! News, this little like infograph, I don't know if you even call it an infographic. What would you call this when there's like a... I just, I don't know, actually. Let's call it an infographic. Why not? I mean, it isn't, yeah. but it is adjacent. It's a picture of Taylor and Selena like hugging on stage at the Reputation Tour and like a, the the pull quote or whatever, right? So Francia writes on this E! News post, interesting. And then she unfollows <laughs> Selena. And then Selena's mom unfollows her. <gasps> I know. There's a few ways to read this, this sort of shady statement. One, and, and neither of them are great, to be honest. I, like, <laughs> my thought goes to, well, either Selena doesn't count her as someone in the industry. <laughs> Which, <laughs> which so might which rude. might be the case, but that well, is no, kind of rude. <laughs> she's literally like on How I Met Your Father now. Like she's a she's a series regular, like on many shows. Over like she might have a, a resume that's more junior, mm-hmm. and I don't know if she's talking about specifically just the music industry. Right, I haven't seen the documentary, but to say that like she's her only friend in the industry when. You know, Francie is doing different work, but she's definitely very much a working actress. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. what's the other read? Oh, that that she isn't friends with her. <laughs> either she doesn't think that she's yeah. Either she doesn't think that her career is going very well, or she doesn't consider her a friend. <laughs> yeah, either either one is not great, really. I mean, I would say that like this being posted, uh, like this, like comment even being posted as a sign that maybe things were dicey Mm -hmm. and she just is like now commenting on it because she's you know she's had it like she would Mm -hmm. hope that at least lena would have her back like in the documentary or something Mm -hmm. yeah that's a whole fucking organ and she was very clear in the interview like i thought this was very interesting that selena called her that means that like the doctor broke client like our doctor patient privilege to inform like the donee like that that they had a match before the donor like that feels like really inappropriate to put that on someone and like considering there was a social worker involved that's Mm -hmm. like kind of crazy yeah that's mad unethical because it yeah it puts you in an incredibly awkward position when (laughs) when the human being who's reaching out to you asking for the kidney is the one doing it and not like a more neutral third party. Or like, and when the person receiving the kidney is Selena Gomez. <laughs> yes. Like, it's like, you're, uh, who doesn't want to keep Selena? I, who, I, like if Selena Gomez came to me on the street and said, hey, it turns out you're the sole, sole match for my kidney, I'd be like, well, you know, I am older than you. Like, if if it works, if they go to the hospital and they tell me I can go one kidney, perhaps I'll go one kidney for you for Selena, for Selena? Gomez. Yeah, because okay. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. Like Selena Gomez dies, and then I'm haunted by like the ghost of not just Selena, but like if if God forbid it gets out that like I could have saved her life. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
I'm yeah. just Molly McAleer. No one cares about me that much, but I still would feel terrible. Guys, would you give us- <laughs> You'd never be able to live it down. <laughs> would you guys give Selena Gomez a kidney just to simply save Selena Gomez? Please leave that as that answer in our Instagram comments. Week, <laughs> I want to know. And I promise I'll remember I said that. <laughs> but yeah, so, all right, you tell me about this, the Musk Twitter thing. Oh my God. I mean, Twitter has been a hellscape this week, probably more than usual. And it's because I think this is Elon Musk's first proper full week as new job as the owner of Twitter. He has pissed off a lot of people. He's made a lot of layoffs. I think last week we discussed how he was getting the engineers to print out their code for him to do a code review. And then a friend of mine who's a developer said about him that he was firing people who had written the least amount of code which is absolutely wild she said the thing that's made me the most irate is that he genuinely asked for devs to be ranked by code written in the past year then he fired the ones who wrote the least code so the devs who wrote the most elegant code got sacked essentially he's such a charlatan exactly like so exactly like they were because like it's brevity right like it's more about like finding exactly what needs to be done than yeah. it is like it's like ranking copywriters based on the amount of copy that they write like it's so ludicrous like the better copywriters are going to be writing the fewest words and saying the most like it's idiotic yeah and i don't know anything about writing code except for like i did have like a decent myspace page but like i yeah (laughs) i just like it's kind of like obvious that volume isn't always the way to go so babes so what happens next at twitter so Elon tweets out some absolutely nuts stuff about freedom of speech, which seems to be, I think, like the best way to rile people who don't really fully understand what freedom of speech is. And he tweets, Twitter has has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, even though nothing has changed with content moderation and we did everything we could to appease the activists. Extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. (laughs) Very Donald Trump of him. He then does a poll where he says, like, advertisers should, one, protect free speech, or two, like, be fucking wokey, wokey, woke fucks or something. It's a very biased little poll. He introduces the idea that everyone will, if you want to keep your blue check mark, you can pay $8 a month. He's very democratic like that. The world's richest man telling us that for too long. There's been a strata of people like you, Molly MacLear, with your little blue checks, looking down at the rest of us peons. And like, by the way, I only have a blue check because like some people were pretending to be me. And like there was someone who had an account that like basically mirrored mine, except they were writing terrible things. And like also like they were literally writing like terrible things like like it was bad like it was bad like and and i didn't even ask for it necessarily but like one day i just got an email saying like do you want to be verified and i think probably because it was reported enough because like i don't even i mean i barely think you could report an account back then Mm. you couldn't do any of this shit for a long like yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway yeah but like he he wrote in the the what well whoever wrote it it like well, a big meme was like, oh, he must have fired like the copywriter for sure because like the app's description has been updated to say if you get Twitter blue, 
which I have for Trend Lightly. And I'm wondering, should I cancel it or no? Like, should I get us the blue check mark for Trend Lightly as a bet? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. If for it's $8, why not? Month, right. Yeah. I can write that off. And so, like, yeah, but it, one of the things that said, like, much like celebrities and politicians, you celebrities, companies and politicians, you too can have a blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> He's such an everyman, isn't he? I mean, he really is a man of the people. And there was another meme that was going around today. I think I saw it on like one of the QAnon Reddits that apparently one of the first people who was like complaining that he didn't get his blue check when he signed up for Twitter Blue was a prominent QAnon conspiracy theorist called like QAnon John. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's but I mean, great. it's going well. Advertisers are leaving en masse, and of course they would be because, listen, Twitter has always been a little bit of a hellscape, but I think the floodgates are being opened for some of the worst people in the world to come back and let their musty little views air out in public. So advertisers are not going to want <laughs> their cute little ads running alongside hate speech. Like, Freedom of speech is, yes, of course you can say whatever the fuck you want and the government can't put you in jail. It does not mean freedom from consequences. And private companies who are who have a, a group of shareholders to appease, like, of course they're going to want to make platforms safe. So, yes, like, duh, like they've got to make money and you can't just advertise Alex Jones as fucking vitamins all day long. And it's exactly like, I mean, it's really exactly like the like the gay cake scenario. Where it's like when people were fighting to like like make sure make sure to triple check that like a bakery could deny a gay wedding cake, right? Like they could be mm -hmm. like, no, you can't have a wedding cake, gay couple. Like do you know, like that when that was like such a big concern, mm -hmm. it was there. It was like the people who are like standing political speech or free speech or whatever, like in this world, the very like political politically biased commentators, etc. Like, they were the exact same people who pushed that. And then when they're like, oh, a, a company wants to shut their doors to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so, guys, like, could you be, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing to be, like, that obvious. Yes. There's a really good thread here from Brianna Wu, who kind of breaks down the mass Twitter exodus. So she says, here's everything we know about the mass Twitter advertising exodus in plain language. So Elno <laughs> acquires Twitter and advertisers are freaked. Would be a good time to reassure them, right? Except Twitter's chief revenue officer, SEP, Sarah Personette, quits on Friday, literally walks out. So I, Sarah Personette tweets, hi folks, just wanted to share that I resigned on Friday from Twitter and my work access was officially cut off last night. Uh, it's been the greatest privilege to serve all of you as a leader and partner. Many have heard me say this, but the most important role I believe I played in the company was championing the requirements of brand safety. While uncertain how, that, how many there would be, I spent the last few days at the company continuing that commitment. And I want everyone to know I do believe the new, new administration understands the importance of holding up these standards. And then she thanks her team. So back to the Brianna thread thank god twitter has someone on staff who all these major advertisers in the u.s trust he can reassure them that the plan for trust and safety in a time where use of the n-word has gone up literally 500 percent only elon fires him that same day so who's left to reassure them 
Elon is a billionaire. He can handle it. He calls a meeting for him to calm down Twitter's advertisers. So in this meeting, Twitter's advertisers have a simple question. What's the plan? How is spending millions going to help our brands when we have every reason to expect hate speech to get worse? We're talking about the majority of 2023's revenue stakes are high. Someone competent would have come in with a plan. Elon did not. He did the same thing he's done in his whole career at Tesla. He bullshitted and he increased their fears. The meeting went so badly that some brands literally cancelled all their advertising during it. And now he's trying to blame his plans for a glorious free speech service on people using free speech. But of course it couldn't be him. (laughs) During the meeting? During the meeting. That's so bad. That's so bad. So bad. Like where people just like raising their hands and saying like, okay, I'm unfortunately I'm going to have to withdraw. Like is Procter and Gamble there? Like we cannot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that's really bad. And I think also like with the flames of anti-Semitism being stoked right now by like so many popular media figures, like it is actually... Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's game time, bitches. Like, no one's fucking around. Absolutely. So, have you, but wait, Tiff, do you not think people are being a little insane about this? Like, like, people are acting like, you know, they're being like, here's my email address in case anything happens. And it's like, what do you think you're going to get fucking deleted (laughs) from, like, he needs every customer (laughs) he has right now. Like, you're going to be fucking, my, like, deleted from the app because, like, you have lukewarm, like, Democrat political takes. Like, it's literally, <laughs> like, it's so, in- it's the way people are acting is a little insane about it to me. Like, yes. Yeah. And all the people being like, if I lose my blue, ch-, I mean, like, of course, Hank Green was, like, you know, my fucking enemy. They've been so annoying online lately. Uh, but yeah, like it was like, you know, he was going back and forth with Elon, which like I will say, Hank, good job calling him out on, you know, uh, posting that Paul Pelosi and his gay lover were just like caught up in a bad situation. Like, thanks for <laughs> thanks for pointing out that that wasn't like great. But like, <laughs> like, you know, it just is a uh, people saying like, I'm not going to pay for the blue check it's very lame and i agree i mean like certainly at this point at like i'm not being i'm not being like spoofed or whatever but like it's yeah anyway just saying mm. well i think that's why this eight dollars a month thing is is kind of key is because if twitter isn't gonna have enough advertising revenue next year then it's i mean I think that this is probably the worst possible business decision that he could have made. It's like Twitter is just such a it's it's a really difficult, messy platform to to monetize. And I don't know if it's ever really been fiscally great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what its most profitable years are, but I don't think they're going to I don't know. I don't think the user base by and large is going to pay $8 a month. No, I mean, it was like this American life for a very long time on Twitter where they were like, we need money for server space. Like they was like, you could just don't there was no ads on Twitter for the longest time. Like Mm -hmm. all of that is fairly like in the grand scheme of a website being a website, like kind of new. It feels that they even have ads on there. So Mm -hmm. and they blend so seamlessly and there's even more like. 
I don't know. Do you feel? Do you feel like they blend seamlessly? Yeah, I mean, the video on Twitter is pretty terrible. I have to say, like, video advertising on Twitter is pr- probably yeah. the worst thing in the entire world because there's always pre there's pre roll advertising on sometimes promoted video, which is just so poor from like a user design perspective. But I don't know. Do you think that this this obviously isn't a business decision for Musk, right? This is a this is a political buy. Like it has to be. No, it is a political buy. But wait a minute. I just realized something is part of the reason why because I have Twitter blue again for I have Twitter blue for trend lightly and we can post like I think 30 seconds more than most like accounts. Right. But do you think that he's adding more video as a priority feature so he can run a mid roll in them? I've noticed that. Twitter has been trying to lean more heavily into video for quite a while from their ad platforms. I think they used to have quite a, a useful like back end dashboard for like business accounts where you could see quite a lot of stuff in analytics. And they updated it and they made it like they basically stripped the features out like over 12 months ago now, probably longer, and tried to wholly focus it on video. And if you ever run ads on Twitter, their self-serve dashboard like leans super heavily into video. It like wants you to use video in creator. So I think this has been like part of a push at Twitter for quite a while, but I don't think it's ever really stuck in the same way. But I have noticed that there's, yeah, there's been more of a priority to, to push it. So I don't know. I just, okay, wait, should we add, Tiffany, should we add a subscription and see how much they're taking? As our, a percentage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super follows. And let's see what they're taking. Mm-hmm. Check eligibility. Let's see. Oh, it says we're not 18 years old. No, <laughs> okay, You're wait. a 15-year-old boy. Okay. So, okay. I am 18. Okay. We have to have 25 tweets in the past 30 days and 10K followers in order to do super follows. Oh, so come on, gotta guys. We got to get to 10K. <laughs> come and on. And so far, we're only... 574 followers in on that i will say i could be more active on i'll start like i'll start throwing pussy on twitter okay i'm going to start all right you guys tiff do you have any final thoughts on the twitter of it all are you going somewhere else i did like a lot of people have been talking about like mastodon i've noticed a lot of people sort of hand wringing and being like well you can find me on mastodon so i downloaded it and i have not got the faintest fucking idea how it works it is so ago i think like there's a lot of my mental breakdowns have been hosted on twitter so it does have a place in my heart i can never leave twitter honey i was in the first hundred thou like I was, a, mm. I was a very OG Twitter. Like I can't, I can't, I'll never leave Twitter. I don't care if it becomes a Nazi. No, I do care if it becomes a Nazi. <laughs> <I> will- <laughs> no, but like I, yeah, it's it would be very upsetting. And also I do want to say, as always, malls, M-O-L-L-S is available. I will sell that to you. My starting price is 500000 for both my Instagram and Twitter, and it is negotiable. So if you ever want that, <laughs> you can have it and we'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, let me know. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to link. I, what would I pay for that? Well, what do you think about my plan to sell it for half a million dollars? I love that. I love that for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth more, truthfully. But Do you think so? 
Because it could be a brand name. Yeah. Just 750K for both. Okay, I'm getting this Mastodon thing. Who knows? Are you sure it's not just all British people? I don't know. There was an Irish person who talked about it and then another British person. And then some, I like, I haven't figured out how to use it yet. It's like, it's there with like, be real on my phone as like things that the kids use, but I'm not interested in. Not really. Yeah, it's going to be real. I fucking hate be real. I'm sick of be real. I'm going to link to this thread about Elon Musk's potential like political reasons for buying Twitter, which seems like a good thread. So Okay, wait, and what did Jack Dorsey say about this? Oh, (laughs) he said, I'm sorry. He basically was like, oh, this is kind of my fault for growing. This is my fault for growing Twitter to the the employee base too much. And so he felt a little bit responsible for all of the layoffs, I think. But I mean, Jack is usually found on a yacht with Beyonce and Jay-Z. So I don't think he's that sorry. Like he's not normal. He's not. He doesn't eat food. And he <laughs> dresses like he's running a cult. <laughs> That's a weird angle on the apology. Is like, I'm sorry that I hired too many people. Like, it's like, maybe you didn't. Like, I'm sorry, like, the team I spent years building, like, you know, is like, I mean, like, he's still on the board, obviously. So he still gets like some sort of like cut from this, I'm sure. But. Mm. So maybe he can't trash it directly, but like, I think blaming it on growing the team and like giving Americans jobs is a weird thing. <laughs> it is. He said, Twitter staff are strong and resilient. They will always find a way, no matter how difficult the moment. I realize many are angry with me. I own the responsibility for why everyone is in this situation. I grew the company size too quickly. I apologize for that. I'm grateful for and love everyone who's ever worked on Twitter. I don't expect that to be mutual in this moment or ever. And I understand. It's like, he's like, honey, we survived Chrissy Teigen in 2020 and we can definitely deal with this. Okay. Like you guys can do it all, honey. All right. Well, you guys, this was Trend Lightly. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry about my mic in the first part. I think it adds flavor. A little texture, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Bye. Seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here ten, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Double G's on the left, double G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vine. Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down. Threw the money to the center, now watch it hit the flow. Now rag it up, huh? rag, rag, rag it up, king, bag it up, huh? bag, bag, bag it up, king, stack it up, stack, stack, stack it up. She said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas. And if I drop a pin. Best believe that she on the Thought way she was important, but I moved her right about the I'm way Delta G's tonight Told her baby I got G's tonight Get a scholarship I ain't smoking on no TAC Low tolerance All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow Like the teller Shout out TurboTax Tax refund What's another Like the quarterback at recess No rush You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission No rush This ain't UT White shirt orange like a pumpkin Mama call me ask me how college is I said bust Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. 
The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.